بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about some of the major events that took place in the sixth year of the Hijrah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We spoke about the Battle of Banil Mustaliq and we spoke about the return of the Muslim army from Al Muraisi' on the way back to Al Madinah. And we mentioned that when the Muslim army was returning from Al Muraisi' Al Muraisi' was the was the location where the Battle of Banil Mustaliq took place. So when the Muslim army was returning back from Al Muraisi' to Al Madina, they would stop by at numerous places as rest stops. So on one of these rest stops on the way back from Al Muraisi' to Al Madina. Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha, she lost a necklace of hers. And she went to look for this necklace. So when it was time to leave, Aisha radiallahu anha, she was far off looking around for her necklace. And the men, they lifted her hawdaj, they lifted that, that portable tent. And they thought that she was inside. But in reality, she was not inside. But they didn't realize that she was missing because she was so light in terms of her weight that they didn't know the difference whether she was in it or not. So they picked it up thinking that she was inside and they put it on the camel and they went on their way. And they left her behind. So when she came back, after she found her necklace, when she came back to the camp, she realized that everyone is gone. So she decided to wait in the same place uh, in the hope that the people would realize eventually that she was missing and they would turn back and they would come back and they would get her. So while she was waiting, for someone to come back, she fell asleep. And as she was sleeping, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ named Safwan ibn al-Mu'attil he came from behind. And he was way behind the main army. And he was actually stationed behind the army on purpose because the way that they used to travel is that the army would keep someone in the back so that when the army moved forward, if they left anything behind or if they dropped anything, that this person who was in the back, he could come and he could take care of all of that. So Safwan ibn al-Mu'attil was given this responsibility. So he was way in the back. So the army had left. Aisha radiallahu anha was still in her place. And then Safwan ibn al-Mu'attil, who was way behind, he came. So eventually he reached the place where Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha was waiting. And she was sleeping there. And he realized that somehow she had gotten left behind. So he said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un to get her attention. So she woke up. And then he got off of his camel. Safwan got off of his camel and he put his camel down so she could get on the camel. He didn't say a word to her the whole time and she didn't say a word to him the whole time. She got on the camel and then he walked in front of the camel, guiding the camel back to the Muslim camp to catch up with the Muslim army. So Aisha radiallahu anha riding on the camel with Safwan radiallahu an guiding the camel by walking. And the two of them didn't speak even a single word the whole time. So eventually they caught up with the Muslim army. And 
when they caught up with the Muslim army, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, who was the head of the hypocrites, he saw Safwan walking and Aisha radiallahu anha on his camel. And he thought that this is a good opportunity to make some fitna. This is a good opportunity to give pain to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the head of the munafiqeen, the head of the hypocrites, always looking for a way to cause dissension between the Muslims, always looking for a way to hurt the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and hurt the Muslims. So he saw this as an opportunity to hurt the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam by starting a rumor against the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when he saw Safwan walking and Aisha radiallahu anha on, on his camel, he said, ma najat minhu wa la naja minha. He said, Wallahi, she was not saved from him and he was not saved from her. So the insinuation of these words, even though he didn't clearly say they did this or that, the insinuation of his words was a bad insinuation. So he meant to cause fitna and he meant to start a very bad rumor with these words of his. So of course, as you know how rumors are, the rumor spread amongst the people. And everyone added their own spices to the rumor. So it became something that was very, very bad. The rumor spread amongst the people in a way that was very, very inappropriate and it was very very dishonorable the way that spe people started speaking about Aisha radiallahu anha and Safwan radiallahu anha. So this rumor started by Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul. Now sadly it wasn't only the munafiqeen who were involved in the spreading of this rumor. Yes Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul who was the head of the munafiqeen he's the one who started the rumor and the munafiqeen were very active in spreading the rumor, but sadly there were some Muslims who slipped and fell into spreading the rumor as well. And amongst those who spread the false rumor were those people who just made insinuations, who didn't say clear words that they did this or that, but they were just making these insinuations in terms of their speech. There were some who made insinuations, but there were some who went further than that, and they actually clearly stated that Aisha radiallahu anha committed an act of immorality and she is free from that. So there were some Muslims who actually fell into this as well. From the Muslims who fell into this, there were three who went so far as to actually accuse Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha of committing an act of immorality. There were three Muslims who fell into this slander as well. Those three Muslims were Hamna bint Jahsh and Hamna bint Jahsh was the sister of Zainab bint Jahsh. And Zainab bint Jahsh was, was one of the wives of the Prophet So Hamna, she basically wanted to, she wanted to put the position of her sister higher than Aisha radiallahu anha. Zainab was married to the Prophet and Aisha radiallahu anha was also married to the Prophet So Hamna, she wanted to give her sister an advantage over Aisha. So she fell into this slander as well. And she accused Aisha radiallahu anha of committing a, an act of immorality. As for Zainab herself, Zainab radiallahu anha never fell into 
making any type of slander or accusation at all. Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected her tongue from saying anything wrong. But her sister Hamna, she fell into this slander. Also Hassan ibn Thabit radiallahu anhu, the poet of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he fell into the slander as well. And Mistah ibn Uthatha, Mistah ibn Uthatha, he was a great man and he was one of the warriors in the battle of Badr actually. The Sahaba of Badr, they are the greatest of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And Mistah was one of them. But still he was a human being and he slipped. He made a big mistake in this instance and he fell into the slander as well. And he uh, made this accusation against Aisha anha. So these were the three Muslims who, who clearly fell into the slander and stated that Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha anha committed an act of immorality and of course she was free from that so these were the three Muslims who fell into it Hamna bin Jahsh Hassan bin Thabit and Mistah ibn Uthatha so when Aisha radiallahu anha returned back to Medina <coughs> she got very sick <coughs> and she was resting at home and her mother was taking care of her and she was unaware of the rumor that had spread throughout the city she had no idea about this rumor that had been started and that was going on about her in the city. Uh, so she was sick at home being taken care of and nobody told her about what was going on on the outside. But one thing that she noticed was that the interaction of the Prophet ﷺ with her, it had changed. The way that he, that he was interacting with her, the way that he was dealing with her, it was not the same as usual. Usually, when he would come and visit her, he would have some chat with her and small talk and this type of thing. But now, it was very serious. He would come in, she was sick, and he would come in and he would ask uh, the mother of Aisha radiallahu anha, Umm Rumman, who was there. She was taking care of her daughter. So the Prophet ﷺ would come in and he would ask, Like, how is she doing? And then he would be told how she's doing and that was basically it. He wouldn't sit and chat with her or he wouldn't have small talk with her or anything like that. So Aisha radiallahu anha noticed that there is some change here in the behavior of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So eventually Aisha radiallahu anha through her sickness, she asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for permission instead of staying in her own house. She asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for permission to stay in her parents' house so that she could be treated there. Because her mother was coming anyways and taking care of her. So if she stayed in her parents' house, it would be easier for her mother to take care of her over there. So she asked the Prophet ﷺ permission to, to stay at her parents' house. And she was given permission to do that. And of course, the rumors continued. And still Aisha anha had no idea about what was going on. So of course, these rumors, they hurt the Prophet ﷺ. This is his family. Aisha anha is his wife. So of course, any rumor against her, anyone accusing her of anything, it will hurt the Prophet ﷺ himself. An attack on her is an attack on him. So the Prophet ﷺ, he gathered the people and he spoke to them and he said, What is wrong with these people who are harming me with regards to making accusations against my family? Wallahi ma alimtu minhum illa khaira. I know nothing about my family except good. They are good. And then the Prophet ﷺ also defended Safwan. 
So they were accusing Aisha radiallahu anha, and of course also, that means they were also accusing Safwan. So the Prophet defended him as well. And he said, and what is the problem? What is wrong with these people who are accusing a man from my companions who I know nothing of him except good? He is a good man. And he never enters my house except that I am with him. So how can they accuse my family? How can they make these accusations against my wife? And how can they make these accusations against, against this companion of mine, Safwan, who is a good man? So the Prophet ﷺ, he clearly mentioned this to the people. And why are the people doing this? Why are you spreading these rumors? Why are you speaking in this way? So when the Prophet ﷺ addressed the people in this way, one of the companions, Usaid ibn Hudayr and he was one of the leaders of the tribe of, of Aus. He got up and he said, Ya Rasulullah, if the person who is making these accusations, if the person who started this rumor, is he, if he is from Aus, if he is from our tribe Aus, <coughs> then we will deal with him. And if he is from our brothers from the tribe of Khazraj, then just order us and we will take care of, of that person. And they deserve to have their necks cut. And then Sa'ad ibn Ubadah radiallahu anhu. Sa'ad ibn Ubadah radiallahu anhu. He was one of the leaders of the tribe of Khazraj. So a sense of tribalism came into him at that point. When Usaid ibn Hudayr said, if this person is from Khazraj, then you know, they deserve to have their necks cut for speaking in this type of way. Sa'ad ibn Ubadah, even though he had nothing to do with the rumors, he was from the tribe of Khazraj. So this, this tribalism came into him a little bit at this point. And then he got up and he got angry and he said, he said to Usaid ibn Hudayr, you have lied, Wallah, and you will not cut the neck of anyone from Khazraj. And the only reason why you are saying it is because you know that the person who started the rumor is from Khazraj. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the Munafiq, he was from the tribe of Khazraj. So Sa'ad ibn Ubadah said to Usaid ibn Hudayr, the only reason you are saying it is because you know that he is from Khazraj. But if he was from your tribe, if it was... If it was someone from Aus who had started this rumor, you would never talk like that. But the only reason you dare to talk like that is because he is not from your tribe, but he is from the tribe of Khazraj. And then Usaid ibn Hudayr, he spoke back to him. He said, you are a munafiq. You're defending a munafiq. How can you defend this guy? That means you're a munafiq as well. So it started to get very heated. A big argument started between the Aus and the Khazraj. So the Prophet wasallam, he calmed everybody down and everybody calmed down and then the Prophet ﷺ left and the people left as well. So this is the situation that the rumor has caused now. It is causing enmity between people, it is causing fighting between people, it is causing tension to the Prophet ﷺ. So a big problem here in al Madina. After this, the Prophet ﷺ decided to get some advice on how to deal with the situation, what to do. He decided to get advice from two of his very close companions. Two of his very close companions. Usama ibn Zayd and Ali ibn Abi Talib. These are two of his very close companions. So as for Usama ibn Zayd, when the Prophet ﷺ asked him for, for his advice regarding Aisha radiallahu anha, Usama said, Ya Rasulullah, your family is honorable and you know your family and we know your family and 
none of these rumors can be true. These are all lies for sure because your family is honorable, your family are all good people and there is no way that there can be any truth in any of these claims. So Usama ibn Zaid was, was very clear and he told the Prophet ﷺ that surely these rumors are false so don't pay any attention to these rumors Ya Rasulullah. As for Ali ibn Abi Talib an, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, uh, you have many choices in terms of, of marrying women. There are many women. So you are not constricted to Aisha anha. You are not limited to her. But I would advise you to ask her servant. Her servant would have more insight regarding her. She can tell you if she noticed anything in terms of the character of Aisha anha. Ask her and she will tell you. You can get an idea. So the Prophet ﷺ called for the servant of Aisha radiallahu anha. She was a woman named Barira, and she used to help Aisha radiallahu anha with, with uh, you know, making bread and certain things like this. So when the Prophet ﷺ called for her, Ali radiallahu anha told her, now tell Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clearly anything that you have seen from Aisha radiallahu anha. Be honest with him and tell him what you know of Aisha radiallahu anha. So Barira radiallahu anha, she said, I never saw anything from her. She's very good and she's very innocent and I never saw anything from her. The only thing I can say about her is that sometimes when she is making the dough, preparing the dough to make the bread. While she is kneading the dough, she falls asleep and a goat comes and takes the dough and runs away. This is the only thing that I can say about Aisha radiallahu anha. So very innocent, you know. There, there, is, there, is, there is no truth to any of the claims that these people are making. She's a very innocent girl. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was reassured by hearing these things. Now, while these rumors were going on amongst the people, Umm Ayyub al-Ansari, the wife of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari, she said to her husband, Umm Ayyub said to Abu Ayyub, have you heard about what's going on? Have you heard about the talk? And then Abu Ayyub radiallahu anhu, he said to his wife, he said, would you Ya Umm Ayyub, would you do such a thing as they are accusing Aisha radiallahu anha of? Would you ever do such a thing like that? And she said, Wallahi, no, of course, I would never do such a thing. And then he asked her, would I ever do such a thing as they are accusing Safwan of doing? And she said, no, Wallahi, you are too honorable to ever do such a thing as they are accusing him of doing. And then Abu Ayyub said to his wife, so okay. You are saying you would never do it and I would never do it. So Aisha is better than you and Safwan is better than me. Aisha is better than you and Safwan is better than me. So if you can never do such a thing and I can never do such a thing, then for sure Aisha radiallahu anha can never do such a thing and Safwan radiallahu anha can never do such a thing. So leave these types of of rumors and accusations and don't pay any attention to it. So Abu Ayyub al-Ansari he really 
gave the correct understanding on how to deal with these types of situation. He dealt with it in the correct way. So with these rumors going on, as we mentioned, Aisha radiallahu anha, she didn't even know what was going on. She was sick at home and she didn't know what people were saying in the city. So one day she went out uh, to use the bathroom. And you know, in those days, they didn't have bathrooms in the homes. They would go out on the outskirts of the city to use the bathroom and then they would come out. And usually when they would go out to these places, they wouldn't go on their own. They would take someone with them. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she went out and she went with Umm Mistah. Aisha radiallahu anha and Umm Mistah. Umm Mistah, the mother of Mistah. And Mistah was one of the, the men from the Muslims who actually had gotten involved in spreading this rumor. So Aisha radiallahu anha, up to this point, she still didn't know anything about it. And she's walking with Umm Mistah. And Umm Mistah trips. She falls down and she falls down and once she gets up and she she wipes herself up off and she says as she gets up Ta'isa Mistah she gets up and she says Ta'isa Mistah Ta'isa Mistah it means may Mistah be cursed so Aisha radiallahu anha is very surprised that this is the mother of Mistah and she's saying such a thing about her son so she said, how can you say that about Mistah? How can you say that about your son? He is one of the companions who witnessed the battle of Badr. And he is a great companion of the Prophet wasallam. So how can you say Ta'isa Mistah? How can you say such a word about him? And then Umm Mistah, she said to Aisha radiallahu anha, Ama balaghaki ma yaqulu anki? Has it not reached you what he said about you? What he's saying about you? And she said, no. What has he said about me? And then Umm Mistah told Aisha radiallahu anha the whole story. She had no idea about the rumor before this. And Umm Mistah told her the whole story. And she's just shocked that this type of rumor is going on about her. And she starts to cry. And she cries and she cries and she cries and she can't stop crying. And she goes back to her home. And later on, the Prophet ﷺ came to the house of Abu Bakr And by this time, the Prophet ﷺ knew that Aisha anha knew about the rumors. So now it's all out in the open. So the Prophet ﷺ came to the house of Abu Bakr where Aisha anha was staying. And he sits down with Aisha anha. And he said to her, Ya Aisha, if you are innocent, if you are innocent, Allah will free you from blame. But if it is true, if what the people are saying, if it's true, then ask Allah for forgiveness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. So Aisha radiallahu anha, up to this point she was crying and crying and crying. Then when she heard the Prophet sallallahu say this, her tears stopped and her eyes became dry. And she was shocked that the Prophet sallallahu was not sure about the situation. She was very sad that the Prophet sallallahu was not sure if she was innocent or not. So she said at that point her tears just dried up and her eyes became dry and she stopped crying. 
and she said to her parents Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and Umr Umman the parents of Aisha radiallahu anha they were there and she said to them answer answer the messenger of Allah answer Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on my behalf and then her parents said we don't know what to say to him we don't know what to say because even the parents even Abu Bakr and Umr Umman even they were not sure about the reality of the situation so they said we don't know what to say so Aisha radiallahu anha she said wallahi I will not repent to Allah from what you have mentioned because I didn't do it how can I repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from something that I didn't even do wallahi I will not repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from what you have mentioned because I never did it you have heard these rumors about me and it seems that you believe these rumors so if I tell you that I am innocent, if I tell you that I am innocent, you will not believe me. But if I confess to it, even though wallahi I didn't do it and wallahi I am innocent, but still, even if I falsely confess, then you will believe me. So if I tell you the truth, you will not believe me. But if I lie and falsely confess, then you will believe me. So I have nothing to say except what the father of Yusuf said. She was so distraught that she couldn't remember the name of Yaqub She wanted to think of the name of Yaqub but it slipped her mind. So instead of Yaqub, she said the father of Yusuf. She said, I can only say what the father of Yusuf said. Patience is beautiful and Allah is the helper against that which you describe. So she left the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and she turned away. And as soon as she turned away, she thought to herself, she was hoping to herself that Allah will reveal her innocence to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam by showing him a dream. This was her hope. That the Prophet ﷺ would get some dream and in that dream Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would show him that Aisha radiallahu anha is innocent. And she said about herself, she said, I never considered myself significant enough that Quran would be revealed regarding me. I never thought that Quran would be revealed regarding me. I didn't think I'm important enough or significant enough for that. But I was thinking that maybe Allah will reveal my innocence through, through a dream that he gives to the Prophet So she turned away. And soon after that, the Prophet got in that state that he would get in when the revelation would come down to him. His situation would change when the revelation was coming to him. The revelation would come to him and it would be very heavy. So you could see that something is happening and he would sweat. Even if it was a cold day, he would sweat. <coughs> so this situation came to the Prophet ﷺ right there in the house of Abu Bakr. So they realized, Aisha radiallahu anha realized, and Abu Bakr and Umr Umman, they all realized that the Prophet ﷺ is receiving revelation. So he started receiving revelation, he started sweating, and the heaviness of the, of the, of the revelation was coming down upon him. So he lied down. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anha came and he covered him with a blanket. So during this time, while the Prophet ﷺ is receiving revelation, 
Abu Bakr mentions, he said, I was so scared when the revelation was coming to the Prophet at that time. I was so terrified because I didn't know what that revelation was. He was afraid that maybe the revelation would confirm the rumors because he didn't know what the reality was. So Abu Bakr mentions that he was very scared to see the Prophet receiving revelation. But Aisha radiallahu anha, she said when she saw the Prophet in the state of receiving revelation, she didn't feel any fear at all. She was completely relaxed and completely comfortable because she knew that she was innocent and she knew that Allah knew that she was innocent and she knew that Allah would never be unjust towards her. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would clear her name. So she was confident about this. And as soon as the revelation stopped, the first thing that the Prophet said to Aisha radiallahu anha, he said, Ya Aisha, ihmadillah faqad barra The Prophet was very happy and he said to Aisha, Ya Aisha, praise Allah. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared your innocence. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared your innocence. So alhamdulillah, the rumor was killed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared the innocence of Aisha radiallahu anha. He revealed ayat in Surah An-Nur regarding this. So once the innocence was declared and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has exonerated Aisha radiallahu anha and has declared her innocence. The mother of Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, she said to Aisha radiallahu anha, Qumi washkuri Rasulullah. She said, stand up and go and thank the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Wallahi la aqum wa la ashkuru illallah. She said, Wallahi I will not stand and I will not thank anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the one who declared my innocence. <coughs> so after the Prophet received the revelation of these ayat, he gathered the people and he recited the ayat from Surah An-Nur. <laughs> So these ayat, the Prophet ﷺ recited these ayat and the rumor was now killed. And it was clear for everyone that Aisha radiallahu anha was innocent of these rumors and Safwan radiallahu anha was innocent of these rumors. So after this, the Prophet ﷺ ordered for Mistah ibn Uthatha and Hassan ibn Thabit and Hamnah bint Jahsh, these three. He ordered for them to be lashed 80 times each as a punishment for the false accusation. Because these three were the only three who clearly accused Aisha radiallahu anha. Others, they spoke, but they spoke with insinuations. But these three, they clearly accused her of an act of immorality. So the had was carried out on them and they were each lashed 80 times. So these three people, Mistah, and Hamna and Hassan, they were good people, but they made a bad mistake. 
they were human beings even though they were companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they were Sahaba they were still human beings and they were prone to make mistakes so this was a big mistake that they made and they were punished for that mistake and they repented for that mistake may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive them and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them but now after the Quran was revealed declaring the innocence of Aisha radiallahu anha after that if anyone continues to make any type of accusation of Aisha radiallahu anha after that, then they have disbelieved in the Quran. And if you have disbelieved in the Quran, you have left Islam. So if there is anyone, if there is anyone who makes any type of accusation against Aisha radiallahu anha, then that person is not a Muslim, that person is a Kafir. Because the Quran clearly declares her innocence radiallahu anha. So of course after this whole incident Abu Bakr radiallahu an he was very upset at those who spoke with these rumors against his daughter and amongst those people was Mistah Mistah ibn Uthafa was a cousin of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an and he was from the Muhajireen and Mistah was very poor so Abu Bakr radiallahu an used to actually take care of him financially he used to spend on him. But after this incident, Abu Bakr was so hurt that he was involved in the slander of his daughter that he said, Wallahi, I'm not going to spend on him anymore. That's it. I'm never going to spend on Mistah anymore. I'm not going to help him out financially anymore. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah, Wala ya'tali ulul fadli minkum wassa'ati an yu'tu ulil qurba. والمساكين والمهاجرين في سبيل الله وليعفوا وليصفحوا ألا تحبون أن يغفر الله لكم والله غفور رحيم. so in this ayah Allah سبحانه وتعالى he says وليعفوا وليصفحوا ألا تحبون أن يغفر الله لكم Allah سبحانه وتعالى encourages the people in this ayah to forgive and pardon. wouldn't you like or wouldn't you love that Allah سبحانه وتعالى forgives you? So basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here that if you forgive people, Allah will forgive you. So don't you want Allah to forgive you? Don't you love that Allah forgives you? If you want Allah to forgive you and if you love the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for yourself, then you go ahead and forgive other people. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he started to spend on mistah again. And he said, yes, of course, I love Allah to forgive me. So he forgave Mistah and he started spending upon him again. And he said, Wallahi, I will never stop spending on him. I will continue to spend on him as long as I am able to. And he continued to spend upon Mistah. So this was one of the major incidents of the sixth year of the Hijrah. The Hadithatul Ifk, the incident of the slander. And there are so many lessons that we can learn from it. Uh, when you hear false or when you hear rumors don't spread those rumors when you hear accusations against other Muslims don't spread it and think good of your brothers and sisters and defend your brothers and sisters against slander and against these types of accusations instead of spreading it and adding spices to it and making it worse so this is one of the lessons that we learned from this, this whole incident and how different people dealt with it. The, the example of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari is one of the best examples of how we deal with this type of a situation. When he said to his wife, 
would you do such a thing? She said, no. He asked her, would I do such a thing? She said, no. And then he said to her, Aisha radiallahu anha is better than you and Safwan is better than me. So if you would never do it and I would never do it, then definitely they would never do it. So this is a very wise way in dealing with this type of situation. Think good of your brothers and sisters. Think good of them and wish good for them and don't spread anything bad against them. And if anyone comes to you with these type of rumors, then tell them to stop. Tell them that this is not something that we should be talking about. We should never spread rumors against our fellow brothers and our sisters. And this is a very important lesson that we learned from the Hadithatul Ifk, which was one of the major incidents that took place in the sixth year of the Hijrah of the Prophet And inshallah, next week we'll continue to talk about some more incidents that took place that year. Wallahu a'lam, sallallahu wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.